dirt. I should have stayed on. I should have stayed on Tifa's breast. Yeah, I started to say I've. <laughs> I'm like, I want to have a weird conversation about toxic internet subcultures, and you were like, Oh, you want to talk about white supremacy? Okay. And because we're talking about toxic internet subcultures and white supremacy, this is the Big Bang Theory theory. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm Kyle. We watch uh, an episode of the Big Bang Theory every other week. And then we try to figure out why we watched it and why other people would enjoy it and tear apart anything in it that we perceive as particularly noteworthy or problematic. Woo! And just to jump into the summary of today's episode real quick, which is weird. Like, we just finished watching it and it's already leaving my brain. But the the basics of it are that uh, it, it doesn't make any sense in light of the last episode, but Penny and Leonard apparently have found their sex rhythm and are now totally going at it all the time, often enough that Penny's been... They, they broke Penny's bed, uh, and now Penny is staying at Leonard and Sheldon's, and so Sheldon is trying to put up with having Penny all ar- around all the time. Uh, and at one point, Raj and Wallowitz come over, and Raj is wearing like a black sweater vest, but Wallowitz is head to toe totally gothed out. He's got the teased hair. He's got the eyeshadow. They both have sleeve tattoos on. Uh, it's or, or tattoo sleeves, whatever those things that like hot moms wanted to wear for a while. Uh, they've, they've got it. And the plot splits in between Sheldon trying to figure out how to make Penny as bearable as possible. And Raj and Wallowitz trying to pick up ladies in a goth bar. And one plan goes way better than the other. Uh, at the goth bar plan, uh, in spite of themselves, they do manage to hit on some ladies uh, who then invite them to go to a tattoo shop. Uh, Wallowitz screams and winces the moment the needle touches him. The ladies are unimpressed. They find out that the entire thing was a fraud, that the Wallowitz and Raj are not, in fact, real goths. And they abandon them, and then Raj and Wallowitz try to think of a good story to tell everyone else for when they get home. On the other end of things, I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, Sheldon is trying to condition Penny by feeding her chocolate every time uh, she does something that he likes. She's not aware of this. He's just Sheldon uh, Leonard at first can't figure out why Sheldon is being so nice, uh, and Sheldon I think makes a pretty good argument for how harmless it is and. Why wouldn't you want to engineer a better girlfriend? <laughs> Which, you know, that, as I say it, may be kind of shitty. But I I do like the idea of the reinforced behavior a lot. That, um, But that's kind of it. Like, there's there's no real tension or plot, res- plot resolution there other than Leonard saying, please don't do this. And Sheldon goes on ahead with it anyway. And then Leonard and Penny get back to humping more. That's it. That's the episode. <laughs> and the name of this episode... Was the Gothowitz deviation? That's a that one's bad. <laughs> like yeah. I've been, I've just been kind of like taking this as they come, kind of. Yeah, Gothowitz is a bad choice. Yeah, it's Gothowitz. <sighs> I mean, that is that is like good shorthand for his character. Yeah, can that be an can that be an official multiverse f- version of Wallowitz? Yeah, kind of like there's hot evil gay Willow in Buffy. Is it Willow? Willow well, well, Willow's gay in both universes. Oh, but right. right. But you're right. There's there's vampire goth lesbian Willow in one version. Yeah, dark dark Willow. I think they just call her dark Willow. Dark Willow. Oh, so here's the thing. Um, 
very brief, not really much Nick Hyde oversharing personal life story because it is so narrow. Uh, Nick's oversharing yeah. life story. It's Nick's oversharing life story time. We're keeping it short this time because this probably won't be a very long one. So this is Nick's oversharing life story at hyperspeed. But I'm bump. Broke a bed from sex once. Oh, shit. It wasn't really funny, though. I just felt awful about it. Like, because I was in my mid-20s. Well, beds and are expensive. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, in this episode, they're so snickery about it. And it makes sense. But, yeah, beds beds don't come cheap. Unlike Penny, am I right? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just. <laughs> what would you say without putting anyone on blast? What was the total weight rating on that? Oh, fuck you, Kyle! I'm just saying. <laughs> I was much skinnier at the time, and I was with an uh, with an average, equally proportioned woman. So you were really working it then. You were. I. I you were doing some. My, my low self. There was a lot of Newtonian force, you know. My low self esteem tells me that it was a weak bed, <laughs> but what are you? previously weakened or just a cheap bed whichever whichever it takes are you saying that bed had seen a lot of use because i don't like what you're implying any rational is any rationalization in which i don't have to feel like i did something right is the one that i'm gonna go with nah. that's that's my psychological hang-up you're a merciless fuck monster nick hyde i do want to get that tattooed on the inside of my lips now <laughs> merciless on top on the upper one and then fuck monster on the bottom well, Kyle, what do you want to talk about in this episode? I feel like this is one of the ones where it was good enough that I legitimately enjoyed it. Like, I can't tell if I'm just, like, having a good day or if the episodes are getting better. Well, it's because you're spending so much time with me. That's true. You do make life a little bit easier for me, Kyle, and I appreciate and love you for it. But that's not why we're here. We're here to be mean about a show that we don't like. I will say, I dug on the Wallowitz the Gothowitz so much. I kind of wish that would just be his character. Like, I don't don't change anything about his character because his character is pretty written in stone. But, but he should he, appear as... He, what they should, how that episode should have ended is he should have successfully gotten laid and then just be like, this is my whole identity now. And then so he's still hanging out at the apartment. He's still an engineer. He's still doing all the normal weird shit that he always does. But that's just how he dresses now. That's his aesthetic. Okay, I just had a thought, an idea. Um, full disclosure, we're banking episodes right now. We record two of these bad boys today. And I bring that up because I still have a fresh memory of the last one where they were talking about their uh, their shiksa goddesses, the, the non-Jewish Gentile, and also genteel, <laughs> women who would uh, snatch up good Jewish men and, and bring them out of the faith. Uh, Wallowitz makes a crack... In that episode, or, oh no, I'm just combining episodes now about being able to get buried in a proper Jewish... Well, actually, let's just talk about that. Uh, I was mixing things up, but for the sleeves, uh, Wallowitz and uh, Raj both go out wearing, like, dark black faux tribal tattoo sleeves. And Wallowitz makes a remark about that being the way um, that he can have tattoos while still getting buried in a Jewish uh, cemetery. I think the two episodes... The, their B-plots with Raj and Wallowitz should be a little bit combined so that the women they met at the bar were the Shiksa princesses and Wallowitz had to seriously consider whether it was worth not being buried in a Jewish cemetery to have a sexual encounter. So this is slowly this is slowly forming out an arc is what you're saying, that this is actually, we're, they're laying the groundwork for an existential crisis where Wallowitz has to examine his faith. I'm not saying they are. I'm saying I really wish they like, were. Like, the last episode of the season is going to be him, like, talking to an old rabbi being like, look, I always thought 
that being it's all of a sudden it's like uh it's like what the who the fuck is that uh it's like a Tony Kushner play or something like that, or it's Angels in America, man. Okay, I know Angels in America. Come on. Where, I'm not a complete you know Philistine. My, my favorite quote from that, which, I mean, it's a huge thing. It's really just one of the only ones I remember a lot. <laughs> is he's like, uh, you want to talk about forgiveness? Go talk to a Catholic. We're Jews. We do guilt. Nice. Uh, so anyway, it's going to end like that, where he's just like, yeah, I always assume that at the end of the day... When everything else was stripped away, my Judaism would be there for me. But just this girl, she makes me feel things. And not just because of the the flaming dragon tattoo above her ass. It's it's something deeper than that, Rabbi. You know what's hard about this episode for me is the degree to which I relate to Wallowitz. Um, because, well, sort of, Wallowitz wants to put on this veneer of being goth just so he could pick up spooky ladies. Uh, I'm also into spooky ladies, but I'm like I'm like a goth in my heart who doesn't have any interest in the the aesthetic aspect of it. Yes. So okay, this is this is what the rest of the episode is. So <laughs> goth talk, <laughs> goth talk with Nick and Kyle, um, the the two like least goth guys that can be present. Well, so I've often like yeah, I don't uh, mostly although part of it just has to come. Again, with uh, I'm very uncomfortable with deviant self-expression, deviated self-expression. Um, I don't even know what you mean when you say that, honestly. Well, I mean, like, like one time I painted my nails black, and I felt so self-conscious that I immediately had to wash them before ever stepping out of my room. I get you. Okay. That kind of thing. Um, it was just awful. Uh, even though I really liked it. Um. So I am just so deeply uncomfortable that I could never express. But yeah, internally, you know, I wouldn't say goth. I'm not, I'm frankly not, well, I am into death and stuff. But, you know, it, in my generation, we didn't have goth so much. We were more like emos. So it's like, yeah. Mm. See, it, emo is something that I could never understand or relate to because I, I think I, I think was it's just, just slightly goth-like. too old I mean, for I'm it. sure there's a thing. I'm sure that people who are hardcore in either culture would get super offended if you said that. But to me, emo is just like goth light. Maybe it's a little more life-affirming, but it's still, it's just like, you know, yeah. you still dye your hair black, the paint music, your nails black. The music is somehow more poppy and more whiny. Yeah. Yeah. But great. It's poetic, man. So anyway, I yeah, I think I think that's when I was watching this episode, I was like, I like these people. I would never feel comfortable dressing like these people, but if I were in a whole room of people like this and they were all my friends, that'd be great. I'd feel like I was winning at life. We should go to a goth bar. We shouldn't change I, I, I know a goth bar. <laughs> I mean there are plenty of them. There are also plenty of bars that do, like, goth night or emo night. We should go yeah. to one of those. There is a bar that I like that has goth night. We'll dress as filthy normies, and it'll be a little bit awkward. But... <laughs> I'll, I'll wear my The Cure muscle shirt. I so my pasty, scaby-covered arms can can show... Uh, well, they won't see the light of day. They'll see the darkness of the night. Well, see, that's the thing. I have, like, one black t-shirt, but in L.A., everyone wears black t-shirts all the time. It doesn't... It doesn't mean anything. You don't so. have, like, orc fangs that you keep that you can wear or uh, a, a big tattoo of the Reaper on your back, which yeah. that sounds pretty trite, honestly. I have Converse's. Wah! That's cool. But no, let's go Let's go hang out with the goths. Let's talk about how life is short and we're all going to die. And I mean, we talk about that all the time anyway. We may as well be doing it in a community that appreciates it. Gosh yeah. darn it. 
But we are so far away from talking about the episode. We're like actually running out of time to talk about the episode. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so I guess, do you think it's unethical to socially condition someone to be a better person through positive reinforcement? Honestly, no. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't make like a real strong case for it based on any particular moral system, but it is harmless. It's not like Sheldon is putting, is encouraging behaviors that Penny would otherwise not want, as far as we can tell. Because it's things like um, her not talking during a movie or her taking a phone conversation into the hallway rather than having it right in front of them. And every time she does something like that, she gets a chocolate. That seems great. Yeah, that is. I mean, I do have some. We'll get back. But my first thought talking about now is that is basically how society works, right? It's like you do what's expected of you and you get, you know, you get enough money to buy a new video game. It's like have fun. Here's here's the one thing I will say about it. It's dehumanizing. But uh, it's dehumanizing only to the extent that you have to acknowledge how easily you can be conditioned. Well, it's like literally dehumanizing. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's also problematic in the sense that here's what here's what else I would say. Um, we all probably sort of instinctively do this, but it's bad to make it legible, that legible, the connection between your rewards and like the other person. Please, Like that can lead to probably abusive behavior really quick because the flip side of that is, you know, like, the real example of this is not chocolate. The real example of this is, well, my dad never told me I loved, he loved me as a kid, except for that one time I came home having, and told him how I'd beat the shit out of the gay kid at school. And then he was like, finally, son, you've made me proud. And that's how I became a lifelong bigot, because my emotionally withholding father, you know, finally expressed some sympathy for me the one time I did something that was morally abominable that that he approved of because he was locked in the same rigid patriarchal system. You had to take it there, didn't you, Kyle? Well, is that not how it works? Is that not why we're in this situation? Couldn't have stayed at surface-level fun sexual politics. (laughs) Are we not? Is this country not going down the... It's... You want to talk about why? It's the 4th of fucking July, and our country's going down the tube because we are trapped in a cycle that is basically just, they're handing chocolate from one generation to the next, but the chocolate is hatred. Chocolate is hatred for immigrants and people who don't share antiquated cultural values. Do you think conservatives like Raj? I think, yeah, I think they love him for the same reason they love, like, step and fetch it shows. I don't know what that is. Well, I can't... yeah, Step and Fetch It was a char- was like a black minstrel character. I get it now. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's man. I want to ask about whether Raj's character is particularly stereotypical, but I don't feel like I have enough knowledge about Indian stereotypes to really get into it. But I am still mad that he's able to talk to women when he's not completely um, blitzed. That's that's a frustrating character flaw. I would say in this episode. I would say mostly, I mean, he's probably not, he's not like uh, the dude from The Simpsons, right? I used to, I I had problems yeah. with him in the first season, but uh, he's actually, he's much more doing his own thing now than he was. He's he's slightly less two-dimensional or one-dimensional than he used to be, but only very slightly. Yeah, his, if, his if, culture is not the butt of every joke. Yeah, if only because they've made him more weird and whimsical and whatever. But um, where was I going with this? Was what? that Maybe that was your point. And that was the end of it, and you don't have to go anywhere else. Yeah, but I still... I do, oh, I guess what I'm saying is he doesn't seem to have any driving... 
like he's not and to be fair none of these characters really are but he yeah but so he's only as two-dimensional as the rest of them but he's not a really fully realized human being by any sense of the imagination he's well it's weird to think about it but he's he's so much less developed than wallowitz because wallowitz is a one-note character he just wants the sex whatever he can do to get it and he's a failure at it what does Raj want? That's exactly what I was saying. Is he? He seems to have no, like, actual desires or goals compared to any of the like. Sheldon is defined by obsession. Leonard is defined by sort of his his angst around uh, women and Penny in particular, and his relationship to Sheldon. Wallowitz is defined, like you said, by his need to get uh, laid, get wet, and then Raj is defined by. Eh, question mark. Yeah, he can't talk to ladies when I mean, he's drunk. That's he's pretty Wallowitz's specific. sidekick. That's really what he's got going oh. on at this point, and that is a bad place to be. Oh, you're right, and I hate it. So, mm. But maybe you'll get better. There's room. There's time. Yeah. You learned how French toast is made. Yeah, that they made the... Also, Penny singing Shania Twain. I dig it. You dig that she's singing it, or you dig that she was dancing around in just a, a button-down shirt? I mean, that was... That was nice, but also anytime. I mean, man, I feel like a woman is a great fucking song. It's pretty good. Bum, bum, na, 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 hey, na, how how easily would you be willing to give up your faith for sex? Because that's another thing. Is Wallowitz at the beginning of the episode is concerned about you know not getting because you can't be buried in a Jewish funeral if you have tattoos. But then by the end of the episode, he's under the he's under the gun. So I don't want to get too much into this because um, it's it gets very dark very quickly. But I would argue that anyone who is raised in a conservative Christian household finds themselves making this bargain very long, young because this is not something you would have much cause to know. But having sex before marriage is like the worst thing you can do. I always thought it was pretty cool. If I'm being honest, but yes. that's that's what I'm trying to explain. It's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. much worse than getting a tattoo or you know doing drugs. It's like the number one. If you have sex before marriage, you have basically ruined your body forever and ruined your covenant with your future spouse, and you are forever damaged goods. And I mean, there's this there's this famous thing that they will do. Uh, it's a very famous lesson. I wouldn't ex- again, but it's like they take like a twenty dollar bill and they're like, "Do you want this twenty dollar bill?" And they're like. N- or no, it's an apple. The $20 bill is a different one, but it's an apple. And they're like, do you want this apple? And you're like, sure, I'd like an apple. And then they're like, take a big bite out of it. And it's like, you want this apple now? It's like, no. And they're right. It's like, yeah, because who wants a used apple with someone else's gross saliva and mouth juice on it? No That's one, all you'll ever be. No one has complained yet about the comically large bite marks that have been taken out of my penis. <laughs> If anything, I get to cast really, really cool silhouettes on the wall and make fun shadow puppets. So anyway, anyone, any, so every single Christian girl and guy who's like, eh, maybe I'd like to do this whole sex thing, but I'm not ready for getting married at 18 or 17, oh, has oh. already had this whole mental angst thing that you think is so funny. I, I had a friend in a, a Latin class in college who, she was she was like super progressive, but also super Catholic. And, you know, there's those are pretty incompatible in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, but she was talking about uh, having sex with her boyfriend. And I stopped her and I was like, aren't you can't do that. Right. Like, isn't that sex before marriage? Like, that's how can you be like so orthodox if you are ignoring that part? 
And she's like, oh, well, actually, you know, God knows we're going to get married uh, because we love each other. And so we're like pre-approved for it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine as long as we never break up. Exactly. That's, yeah, so much abusive, toxic culture grows out of that. I don't want to get into it. The other thing, still not super, I don't know if this is actually, I've never met anyone, like this is an urban legend even to me, but supposedly the other part of this is this is, is there was a fad of, Girls who thought it wasn't breaking the rules as long as it was anal. Oh, yeah. It's like, I have definitely, there's a great, uh, uh, Garfunkel and Oates song. Garfunkel and Oates song about God's it. loophole. God's loophole. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if that's actually true. I'm trying to remember, like, the, the chorus to that isn't a, like, fuck me in the ass because I love Jesus or it, something that's like exactly that. exactly it. Yeah. Because everyone knows it's the sex that God can't see. Mm hmm. Man, I imagine God up there just being like, Nice. Nice. <laughs> you give him an inch in this. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we should get to our nerd stuff, but first, we're on the Facebook, we're on the iTunes, we're on the Twitter. Big Bang Theory Theory. Go find it. Show us whatever appreciation you're willing to. Would uh, you like us to become goths? Should we get tattoos? Make our life choices yeah, for us. We, we should start an unofficial contest where the the prize is footage of us totally decked out in goth to go to a goth night yeah that would if we had like a kickstarter or gofundme that would definitely be one of like the level cap stretch goals we gotta get a patreon we gotta start charging people to for this for this uh well let's go nerd thing you want to go first or shall i No, you should go first okay i'm going to recommend a comic book which i uh was reading as it was coming out like almost 10 years ago now called sweet tooth and th- I know what my thing is. Oh, great. Uh, so Sweet Tooth is about, at least at first, this kid who grew up in total isolation, just him and his dad in a small cabin in the woods. And the kid, uh, he has antlers and deer-like features. Like he's a human-deer hybrid, it kind of looks like. And that's just his life, he knows. And he's gone around, he's been fine. He doesn't understand why he can't leave the woods, but his dad told him to never do that. Uh, But then one day, poachers arrive at his little idyllic area. And that's when he realizes that the whole world is this ruined, that there was a plague that has killed off vast swaths of humanity. And uh, eventually start learning that the only people who don't seem to be affected by it are other hybrid children like him. And so the book becomes a big quest about trying to understand the uh, beginning of the plague, what people's kind of roles are in society as time goes on, because, you know, the the normal structures that were there are just gone. And so also the, the hybrids are something that didn't exist before the plague. And so who are they? What's their place in society? Do they are they natural? Should they exist? And it's all of that combined with. A uh, a young man, he, I think he's in his mid-teens when the series starts, uh, trying to become more independent and less naive and has to deal with things like accepting the, the violence that comes with getting away from, you know, marauders or whatever. Uh, but it's it's really well drawn. The character, it's, it's touching. I remember reading the last episode when I was in a laundromat doing laundry. And I was like crying at how touching it was and thinking about how insane I must have looked to anyone else in the laundromat. Um, I don't know. There's not a whole lot else to say about it that wouldn't just be 
giving away spoilers. So I'm just going to say, hey, Sweet Tooth is a great comic book. You should go read it. That's my nerd thing. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I've read that whole comic too. Um, I admit I was panicked before the episode started because I didn't have anything today to recommend. But off of that, I, I Nick gave me a gift. And so I, this is going to be one of our first uh, first complimentary uh, nerd recommendations. Are you going to do another Jeff Lemire book? I am. So my Jeff – so – Sweet Tooth was by Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire is a great – he's a great comic book writer, so he uh, – and he also is a great illustrator. So a lot of his best work, he both writes and illustrates himself. And he has a pretty unique art style that takes – that took, for me at least, a little getting used to um, because it's very uh, impressionistic. Like he is not – he doesn't capture the characters like they – you know, like in a kind of photorealism or even no. like normal comic books. He's doing his own whole thing. Very hand-drawn, very prime, but great. Makes it really work. It just took for me a little bit of getting used to. Um, but the characterization stuff and all of this stuff, I'm just going to rattle off a couple things here. Like his Black Hammer series is fantastic if you like superhero comics. And then um, uh, his, I, I wish I could remember, uh, but he has Essex County was is a very popular. I read one that was called Roughneck that made me cry, which is also about a violent ex hockey player trying to make peace with, you know, his whole life. But anyway, he right now I want to talk about. I think I just realized where there may be a mix up. I think my guy may have been a football player and not a hockey player because we were talking about this the other day. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's fine. It's a very similar character. I've read both, and they are very similar characters. Um. But today I want to talk about his science fiction series that just uh, finished and the new series that spins off from it. So he wrote a great like 30 or 40 issue science fiction comic called Descender that is all – it's very like uh, good like sort of space opera borderline sci-fi or hard sci-fi. It's just such a great – Excuse me. I found a dark squeaky toy on accident. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, it's set in a future. This is like all in like the first five pages of the first issue, so I'm not spoiling anything. Where it's like a galactic federation of planets, and they all have like robots, and it's pretty advanced tech. But then these giant robot god things come, and they like annihilate a whole planet, and then immediately vanish, and they don't tell anyone why. So like the whole arc of this 40 issue comic is like figuring out well who are these weird robot god things why did they come what do they want are they coming back you know how does our society organize you know in the aftermath of this inexplicable event there's this mystery there's another because i guess this is like a theme for old jeff there's the main characters like this boy robot who's an incredibly advanced model capable of feeling like emotions and and like learning more and is more human than any other robot, although still obviously a robot. And he's being hunted because, you know, there's secrets in his programming that might unveil the mystery. And there are all these great characters and like, you know, space mercenaries and pirates and robot hunters and other giant like robots. Like my favorite character is probably um, there's a drilling robot whose name is Driller. Driller the killer. Driller a real killer. That's basically all he says. And he's like, looks a little bit like Gutsman from uh, oh, nice. from Mega Man, except instead of giant fists, he's got giant drills at the end of his hands. Uh, but he doesn't look like Drill Man from Mega Man 4. I don't know that much about just Drill Just saying. Man. <laughs> I, I really doubt he does. Um, anyway, just so many great characters and so many great moving moments. But my favorite thing about the whole thing, uh, 
which I don't think is spoiling anything now, if I, I'm just explaining what happens, is he apparently he originally had one ending for that comic that was, my guess, is very dark, um, but that sort of wrapped everything up in a neat little bow about the relationships between human beings and machines. But then he gets to, like, he, apparently even as he was writing it, he got to issue, like, one issue before the end, and I was just like, I don't like this ending. So instead what he did is he just introduced magic. It's like they crash land on a planet and they discover that this planet still has magic. So then the next issue is the final issue of the arc. And then it's now a year, like a year and a half later in real world. Like we're talking now, he's just started a new comic and it's called Ascender. And it's set 10 years after the end of Descender. And it's all about the same universe and a bunch of these same characters who are now older. Only now it's a fantasy universe. Science has, you know, fallen by the wayside and it's it's gone from being a science fiction comic to a fantasy comic with all the same characters who are living in a world where technology has failed them and they all are, you know, under the thrall of magic and using magic to get by. And there's an evil space witch who's starting her own empire. And it's great. I both respect how bonkers it is. Like, I just really respect the bravery of that decision for the guy to be like, no, I had the perfect ending, but I just didn't want to end things there. So I just totally, I completely shifted direction tone and genre of this whole fucking thing to continue the story in a different way nice and what is it called again so the original comic is descender which i highly recommend is now being continued part two is ascender what would your goth name be uh if you had to pick a goth name i don't know shadow death lord oh my god you're that's like being 12 on the internet in 1995 well that's why i didn't know what the rules for goth names were what there, the fuck would your goth name be kyle there are no rules and that's why going with shadow death i don't know um tiberius keeps coming up even that's <laughs> <What>? not, <laughs> we suck at this um uh,